Hey, what's up guys? Uh, Stan here. This is episode 8 of um, Origin Stories and today I'm here with Tio Mecca um, and I'll get him to quickly introduce himself. Uh, kia ora whanau. my name is Tio Mecca. Um, I'm currently working for Sidehost uh, in a sales role and yeah, I caught up with Stan just recently and heard about the thing called the Origin Story and just thought I'd be interested in just having a chat with everyone. Cool, awesome. All right, man, so um, being origin story, uh, I'd like to, um, we talked a little bit about your upbringing and where you came from. Yeah. So I'd like to learn, uh, know a little bit more about that. So like, what was life like when you were young, uh, coming up as the youngest in, in your family, um, yeah. all your siblings, um, and then that space around um, uh, te reo Māori and like how that journey came to be where it is today and where it was. So why don't we just start off, uh, where, where'd you grow up? What was life like? What was family situation? Yeah, um, born and raised in Walkworth. Um, big family, uh, you know, Polynesian Māori family, and what, two sisters of the eldest, then um, I've got two older brothers, and then I've just got one younger brother. And um, we, grew out, uh, we grew up out in the country, um, and, I suppose it was like all big families where you got an older brother that you sort of have to live with in life yep. and take all the things that older brothers, you know, give you, yep. or even older siblings, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then um, the way you respond with your younger brother, but also just your family's big and so your cousins are almost like your brothers because you spend so much time around your family, yep. your cousins, so... All of that stuff was going on. Um, the old man was uh, working a labouring job at Ports of Auckland, yep. and um, very old school. Old man came home, dinner was there. Um, old man sits down first yep. at the head of the table. <laughs> All of that kind of do as I say. Yep. Um, or as the old man's turning up, it's like shh, don't make a noise. Old man's coming home. He's worked a double shift. Watch out, man. Yeah, you know, and you knew that. You know, don't make any noise because the times you did make noise. Uh, you paid the price, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, um, yeah, so sure. that was sort of the environment. And but by the time we had come along, the old man was um, had a lot more money than he had with the older brothers and sisters. Yeah. They got a, a lot harder than we did, and we got a lot more of his time. And I was able to do a lot more extracurricular activities than the older yeah, brothers and sisters, okay. which sort of meant that they were like. I only sort of found this as I got older. It was like you were the favourite, yeah. and, I, and I sort of, I sort okay. of was in that sense. <laughs> so once again, I sort of, in my own way, had to pay the price for being the favourite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so when I came through in my teenage years at school, um, I was able to play sport. Um, I was, you know, I had science kits. Um, I had my sister teaching me stuff, so yeah. I, I got to travel with my uncle and auntie yeah, and all that kind right. of stuff to America and all of that. So I was getting a lot of the good stuff, a lot of experiences, and I was pretty fortunate. And I got through school pretty okay, because um, uh, my father was pretty much getting education, do all that stuff. If you don't, I'm just going to put my foot where you don't want it to be. Um, of course, he was the voice, but there was the enforcer, which was the old lady. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, everyone thinks because the old man was the voice going, oh, I'm angry, or you need to do this because I say this, and yeah. I'm the boss. Really, the boss was the old lady. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, where the old man had to use words, she could make me do things in a look. <laughs> um, and that was the look she trained me well over years. Um, but the other thing that I sort of... I sort of learned looking back um, as I was growing up with the old lady was I was you might call me ADD yeah okay um, 
just trying to look at all the things I can do, what can I touch? Yeah. And my old lady came from quite a very strict background and she had to set up barriers around me to sort of contain me so I didn't get too lost and too out of control. Cause, yeah. um, and so she put these things in place, you know, a look to make me stop doing things. Um, I'm pretty sure she did it with all our siblings, but I just felt like I really needed these things as a kid, otherwise I could yeah. have gone a bit loose. Yeah. 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 Um, and in terms of growing up at school, um, predominantly, I didn't realise how it affected me until I'd moved on into my unis, yeah. but um, it was predominantly um, a white school and there were a few of us that were Polynesian, about five of us I remember, yeah. um, off the top of my head. and. Um, I really loved school. Yeah. Um, but as you talk about Te Reo, I didn't realise the influence of a dominant white school, yeah. how, what that would have on me moving yeah. forward and yeah. sort of, you know, things that I was potentially missing out on that I didn't actually know I was missing out on with um, the language being one of them. Yeah. 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 And yeah, uh, interesting. It's, it's real strange because we all sort of went through the journey of not having the language and now all my brothers and sisters are full. Yep. And I'm the only one that's not. Yeah. And that's, I've, yeah, they keep on telling me to catch up but I'm not catching up that quick, but I'm starting to see what they've been talking about for a while. Yeah. Because if you don't know, you don't know. And so, sure. Sure. yeah, just on that journey, bro, just starting yeah. that journey. Cool, man. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Um, and so, well, tell me a little bit more about that education piece. So, yeah, so you're at uh, this predominantly white school, but how did that shape university and, 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 and that whole path through, um, yeah, until you, before you went into the workforce? Um, I suppose what it did for me was, one, I was already driven by my parents that wanted kids to succeed. So, like I said, when it came to education, have to do your homework, all that kind of stuff. Um, and when it came to sport or doing all that, all those extracurricular activities, um, I had brothers, parents driving me. But one thing I also realized is the people that I was in class with were generally motivated. Yeah. Like they, they, they worked hard to get good results. Yeah. Um, and the way that they looked at how education would benefit them, yeah, they, as young males, because I was, you know, hanging around with a lot of boys, um, yeah. like, oh yeah, I can do this, but I want to go out and play, you know, yeah. I want to do all this fun physical stuff. But even though they wanted to do that, they were all st still sort of motivated to do schoolwork, yeah. um, to get good grades. Yeah. And I think that also drove competition within me and some of the boys, yeah. um, and that really helped me get through that whole competitive aspect at school. You know, I was always competitive around who can do something the fastest or run the fastest yeah. or jump the highest, you know, something real physical yeah. to have competition around, oh, I know this thing that you don't know. It's yeah. Like, Shit, now I have to know something. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that, that really helped in that aspect. Yeah. And it wasn't until I met other people that weren't in dominant white schools that were, you know, more Maori and more Pacific, they didn't really have those peers that yeah. were focused on those things yeah so yeah. to speak yeah, yeah. yeah so it really helped um because i think that's one of the first things I, I i figured out when i met you is how your ambition and your drive and some of the stories we talked about were quite similar and yeah. in a lot of those respects and yeah so it was in, it's interesting to um 
get that perspective on on your upbringing and um, how how did that then translate to when you left school and you went into the workforce? Like, what then happened? What was that next step after formal education to the workforce? Um, it was real funny because um, at the end of school, um, I was going to go get into um, a bachelor of engineering at yep. Auckland University and. One thing I couldn't get past was having to do another bit of mathematics again. <laughs> and I really couldn't let that go. And I was like, to be honest, I can do math. Yeah. And it was, you know, math and physics were the subjects I was best at. Yeah. But I just didn't like them. Yeah. And I was just like, this is stupid. Why would I do this? And I just went, actually, no, I'm going to go labor for a year. Yeah, okay. And it was like, what? <laughs> what? It's like... But you're, you know, you, you can get into uni, you can do these things. I was like, nah. And what ended up happening was um, I had some mates going down to Waikato Uni. Okay. And um, I, I had a girlfriend down there at the time as well. And I was going down there and getting on the piss with them. But because I was working, I had money. They had no money. I could buy the alcohol. And I was like, drinks on me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but as I was sitting there one day, one of my mates was like, dude, look, I'm doing this. Bachelor of um, Computer Mathematical Science. You were good at math at school. You could do this. And you know, there's a future in computers. And like, this is 2000, we're talking this talk. And I was like, yeah, it looks like there's a future computers. So I sort of booked it, got in there, did this course. And that's when I actually started, that's when I actually met other Maoris my age, really. Because yeah, okay. um, yep. I'd always had my cousins and all that kind of stuff, but um, we all connected on a different level, yeah, as cousins do. Yep. But now I'm calling what they might call educated Māori, or those who wanted to be educated. And then I started realising how my upbringing had um, sort of set me up to be the person that I was. Yeah. And it just showed me how I was, a lot of my culture, I was blind to. Yeah. And I had a lot of the basic, what do I call them, values yep. um, in terms of uh, as a community, yep. I work for you, you work for me, you know, I'm here to help out. Yep. Um, I know where my role is, I do this, you do that, together we make things happen. Yep. Um, I got your back, your whanau, um, you know, just all, yep. all those things yep. that were sort of ingrained in me, but I didn't realise that were part of my culture. Yeah. Just that's just the way my old lady and old men, you yeah. know, ran the show. Yeah. But then I started understanding, you know, the importance of it and started opening my eyes up and I was like going, Cool. And so that started giving me a bit more of a there's more to life than just money. Yeah. Um, there's more to life than just getting a job. Mm -hmm. There's this other there's a spiritual thing or this thing called the way that you feel about things, intuition, so to speak. And so by the time I got into my working career, I just got a taste of this whole spiritual side of things. And, you know, there's a bit more than just the, you know, get a job, make money. There's um, the influence that you have on the larger community. So by that, I mean the ability to impact or give something of yourself to a group of people, yep. you know, that isn't your family. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, that, that's pretty cool. And I was very fortunate. The first job um, I got, apart from the labouring job that I kept on doing while I was at uni as part-time, the first job after that was working for Maxnet. It was an ISP. Mm. 
and I end up getting this job and I'm working um, on the desk, on the support desk, and I'm taking calls. Yeah. And the school side of me has taught me that, you know, there's a certain way to behave professionally. Yeah. But the Māori side of me also realises that I'm in a community. Yep. So this business, yeah, it's people call them staff colleagues. I looked at it as community, and then the concept of whānau at work came to me. Yep. And I was like, actually, these people aren't just people that are going to help me make money and help me yep. get to where I want to be in the world. They can be my family. Yep. And so I was also... Doubly fortunate that my boss was my older brother. Mm. And I was actually watching him operate in this space mm. and creating whānau, like when people left the business, do a haka for them yeah. and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And I was like, going, <laughs> And I was like, wow, this is cool. Yeah. And those two things, so the drive to succeed combined with the realisation that we are humans. Yep. It's... It's, it's the reason that I have, and I, it's hard for me to call myself successful, but other people look at me and go, you are successful, you've done these things. So based on their perspective of calling me successful, I would owe a lot of my success to those two things that I've got. Yeah. 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 The school and the university combining as one to go, yeah, get a move on, make some money. But do it with a bit of class. Yeah. And that's yeah. where the whole whānau thing comes yeah, in. Cool, yeah, cool, man. I, I really like that. Uh, and we talked about this when we first met. That um, that resonates with me a lot. I think um, for me, though, I went, I moved away from New Zealand at a young age. I did the same sort of thing through school like you did and had that. Uh, I learned um, my drive and passion through school and my education. <clears throat> I went to Australia and I, and I built up my career there. Um, it wasn't until the last couple of years and moving back to New Zealand that I realised um, what success was for me yeah. and how why why was it in all my jobs I I you know I built a family around me I had a team that I die for um, and yet my bosses and stuff are like hey man you've got to separate this you know you're the boss you got to tell them <laughs> who they are and stuff and and it was really interesting because I didn't know why what was why that was my natural style. But as you said, it wasn't until I moved back and, and started understanding, oh, that's that's my culture. That's why my father brought me up, my mother brought me up. Yeah. Uh, so it is a really interesting piece, and I think there's a lot of people out there who are probably in similar positions who have brought up a certain way, not understanding that the everyday way they live their life is a culture. Yeah. yeah. I find it funny, and these people that you're talking about, <clears throat> they go, oh, I'm in this space, I can't behave like that. But when I go in this space, I can behave like that. Yeah. And it's like, nah, you can do it in any space you want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I suppose that I felt like this white collar way of doing business or traditional business, like, no, 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 we don't allow that. <laughs> you know? When really, it's like they're screaming for it. Because when you bring it into these spaces, they just go, and I've had this said to me, you're like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And it's like, don't tell me about it, man. Just, just do the same things. Yeah. Like enjoy the, you know, the breath of fresh air. Just be you. Like just love a little bit more. You, you can actually like your workmates if you yeah. want to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is a bit of a choice, but 
at the same time. I get it. I yep. get it. Not everyone's sort of built that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about that career. So you're you're working in that support space, and then tell me tell me the next few steps. How did life go for that next uh, sort of decade? Um, I was a maxnet. I was um, working for ISP. I was on the support desk, and I love that place, one, because of the culture my brother had brought, but um, yeah. I just love that team because um, our assistant manager, and this is funny, um, yeah. my best friend at school, so I'm working with my older brother, my best friend oh, at school, really? yeah. but one of, the, one of the most awesome things I've ever been taught is I want problems, um, I want solutions, not problems, yeah. and if you have a solution, your job to roll it out to the team. Yeah, cool. Now, when you have a group of people that are being told this thing by the assistant manager, we all start behaving a certain way. And then they also throw out this word, word at us called Kaizen, the relentless pursuit for perfection. So just get better, just get better. Yeah. I felt like I was in the team that was indestructible. Like, I just felt like we could do anything. We could take on any support yeah. team. I just really felt like we were yeah, the best yeah. support team in the world. Um, yeah. The year before, they proved that they won the Two Ends Award. Oh, cool. Um, the year that we were in it, I think we came second to Hong Kong. Yeah. But we really felt bulletproof but what that had done for me is that assistant manager my best mate I've never told him this yeah. but he actually gave me a recipe to get myself promoted and excel in roles uh, after that yeah, okay. yeah. and so at MaxNet I'm loving the place I start getting promoted and moving to roles and moving up and then I was uh, looking after the salespeople and supporting them. Yeah. Um, whenever they sold a deal, it was yeah. my job to put that deal together okay, and cool. um, get the right people to implement it. Yeah. But I was like getting a bit frustrated because I was going, man, they could have done this better, they could have yeah. done that better. I was like, you know, then my head starts thinking, man, I even think I can do this better, <laughs> you know? And then I was talking to this person that I hold dear to me, and I won't say their name, but I was like, man, I think I could do something. They go, no, you couldn't do something. <laughs> and I was just like, I know what I'm doing next. I'm doing sales. <laughs> and it just became a switch in my mind. Like within a week, I was talking to the sales manager, and yeah. I was like going, Rod, can I be in sales? And he's going, Tio, to be honest, I need someone to hit the ground running. And you know, he's going experience in this, and I'm like going, what are you talking about? I know all this stuff, you know, I'm awesome at talking to people, you know that I can sell. And at that time, I didn't realize what experience meant. Yeah. And so, he, I went and sat down with him again, and he gave me a tip, he goes, look, go away, get some runs on the wall, figure it out, come back. Then, the next year, my mother passes away, so it's 2011, and, She's gone, and I'm sitting there at Nancy, and I'm like, oh, uh, what do I do with myself? Like, they won't put me in the sales team. It's now what I want. I don't really want to leave this company because I really enjoy it. Um, shit, I think I'm going to have to leave. And I ended up sussing out um, another role um, at Icons, the internet company in New Zealand. And um, I was doing the same thing that I was doing there. Um, but what I had learned from Maxnet is being the only person doing the role, you learn a lot more things than being isolated in a box. Yeah. And when I interviewed for this other role, what I didn't know at that time was that I knew all the stuff. Yeah. And so they ended up hiring me and I ended up talking to my team leader, you know, a few months later. She's yeah. going, Here's the one thing about the role. Yeah. They said, um, the recruitment goes, oh no, they're already looking at someone. And so I said, oh yeah, well, I just know all the stuff. 
Yeah. And she's like, hold up. Call them, call them back and she goes, they want to meet you. Yeah. And then so I get in there and then I talk about all these things I know, not knowing that I, I know a lot. Yeah. Um, and then eventually they give me the role. Yeah. And so after a few months, I go, what was I like to interview? She goes, oh, you, you, you're quite bad at interviews, <laughs> um, to be honest. Um, but you just knew a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. And it was hard to find people in the market that, that just knew all these different things around the stuff that we do. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. Um, but can I have got more pay? She goes, maybe, but you'll never know. <laughs> and I was like, oh, dang, dang. Because I, I managed to bump them up a little bit, but then they, um, I tried to bump them up again, but then they sort of kept me where I was. But like, I was like, oh, but not push too hard. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know, I didn't know my worth at the time. So, um, yeah. so I, I get into icons and um, I'm doing the same role, just um, supporting salespeople. And then um, Erica Locke gave me my first shot at sales. Yeah. And I'll be honest, the moment that sales support showed up on my signature, I celebrated that I just got this goal that once someone you know did me said I couldn't get, I didn't even think I could get. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I didn't know what to do with myself after that. It was like quite a big thing for me. I was yeah. just like, oh my God, I've just done this thing. For sure. And so, I didn't know what to do next, and that's when I was able to fall back on what my assistant manager or my best friend had taught me was, um, you know, solutions, not problems, the yeah. relentless pursuit for perfection. How can I just tweak and get better and better? Yeah. And so, first day on the phone, sales, oh, there's a call coming in. Yeah. Rookie mistake. I think I know everything. I think he doesn't even know what he's doing. So I do my best to tell him, oh, you got this wrong, customer. You should be doing this thing about this thing about this thing about that, 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 that. Dude was completely unimpressed with, you know, the way I sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's really, I'm not doing business with you. And I go, talk to him. I go, but, but I know these things. She goes, yep, but humans have to go on a journey. Yeah. <laughs> and so I learned this thing about the human psyche. Yeah. And, um, and then I realized, oh, the first thing I told them is, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Instantly lost them, you know? <laughs> no one wants to be told they're doing nah, it wrong, you know? No well, some people don't mind it, but obviously this person didn't like it. Nah. And so then my journey in sales began. And um, so I was sales support, um, what, I mean, sales support, account management, um, business development and account management. Um, then there was a role as channel management. And then. After channel manager, I think I went back to being a business development manager because um, we got bought by another company. Yeah, yeah. And so the company went through a few changes, but during that period of time, we had um, different managers come through. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I love good mentors. Yeah, yeah. I, I love good mentors. And just there, there were some nuggets that they gave me at the time that I didn't understand. Yeah. But then just later on, and this thing that I'll get back to experience, yeah. it, the penny just dropped. Yeah. And it's just like going, like one of them was, dude, just get on the phones. Yeah. Just get on the phones. And I was like, you know, I listen to the other salespeople that are more experienced and go, nah. Nah, man, we don't do that in this industry. Yeah. And then we had this one guy turn up from advertising pretty shortly after me. Just watched him blaze up the phones, but even watching him, yeah. didn't believe it. Yeah. 
And then, well, later on in my career, there wasn't there was a time when I had to pick up the phone, and I just realised, you know, I started booking meetings and was able to do things on the phone. And then after a couple of months, I looked back and I just went, shit. There are all these things you can to generate leads. Yeah. But I realized in that moment, I actually don't need any of that. No. Like, hey, it'd be cool if I have it. Cool. I love it. But you actually can do business with just the phone. Yeah. And phone numbers. Yeah. And know what you're talking about. Back yourself. Go for it. Oh, that didn't work. Why didn't work? Okay, learn from that. Go again. Go again. Go again. Yeah. And just that, once again, that relentless pursuit yeah. for perfection. And yeah. don't get me wrong, you know, days I'm good, days I'm horrible on the phone. Yeah. Um, and, and days I don't even want to touch it, weeks I don't want to even touch it. Yeah. Oh, I'll be honest. But in a certain position, if I was to go like that, uh, that, that wasn't going to work for the business. Nah. <laughs> nah. Nah. And um, so, you know, that, that's just one of the examples that I had at Icons. I had a whole lot of these things just... Um, these mentors just telling me some really amazing things that didn't drop. And just going back to what I said before around um, Rod and how he said, no, I need someone to hit the ground running experience. Yeah. About four years in, we get this guy. Yeah. Um, he was meant to be experienced, and he was experienced in his field. Yeah. But what I realized is that he didn't know how to change or adapt to, okay. one, a different product, a different market, yeah. um, a different a different level of person. So the kind of people he's talking to, he could close a deal in one call or one you know one conversation. Yeah. This, this role, you were having to talk to this person, the influencer, this person, and then you had to sort of get them on board and then, you know, get permission to talk to that person. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it was a, it was like a game of chess. Yeah. And, and I was just like watching him just like get it wrong. And I was like, oh, oh my God. And then we hired another person and I was like watching them sort of, you know, do really well, but they had experience in this yeah. field. I was like going, oh, that's, that's what happens if you don't get the right experience. You get someone, you're paying their wage, but you got to wait six months yeah. before they actually wake up to what you're actually doing. And you're going, it's just a waste. Yeah. It's yep. a waste. <laughs> yeah. Man, why would you do that? And so, you know, I, I even went back and got in touch with Rod yeah. and just ended up having a meeting yeah. and just went, thank you. Yeah, cool. Thank you. I yeah. get it now. I Love get this it. experience thing. And um, even the other mentors, like one of the most amazing salesperson that I've had the privilege of working with and had as a manager, just to watch someone like understand the market so well, he goes, he goes to us on our first day, he goes, so, look, you guys been in this for a while, and, you know, I know, when it comes to generating leads, it's like this, and then it goes like this, and then it goes like this, and just doing all these things that me and this other, you know, the, the bro were going, we've been saying this for fucking years, we've been saying this for years, and he just knew it, and he goes, so this is what we're going to do, and right at the get-go, like, I'm pretty easy to get on board to an idea yeah. um, I, you know but my, my, my bro been in sales for ages and he goes no nah, man they need to sing the right tunes and press all the right buttons and I need to see dollar signs at yeah. the end of those buttons 
and straight away he still don't and he's like yeah this guy's <laughs> legit and it was a pleasure just to yeah. work underneath him um i probably could have done better for him i'll be honest yeah but it was it was my play and what i liked the most was oh i'm having trouble at this part of cold calling yeah and instead of like um, sending you down the track of going, oh, maybe do this, he goes, cool, book a time, that's us. Yeah. And I watched him pick up the phone. I gave him the businesses, 100% strike rate. <laughs> awesome. Every phone call he picked up, yeah. he closed. How good is that? And I was just like, and it was <laughs> like, like when I looked at the way that I was looking at phone calls, I was just over complicating it. And this is how he did it. Like, I was sitting there going, oh, because we're at this business, we need to sort of come at it from this angle, talk to that person. And he was like, um, drumming his fingers, you know, on the table. And she went, no, we're making it too difficult. And the first call he picks up and goes, hi, John, glad to be here. I would like to introduce our services to you. And I was like, bullshit. <laughs> But in front of my own eyes. Yeah. Boom. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, that was the icons. Icons eventually got bought by Plan B. Um, worked with Plan B. And uh, Plan B, that gave me a skill set that I never had before. And that skill set was how to really plan an account. Yeah. So I worked under one of the most professional people. Mm. Um at their place and like taught me about preparation yeah so I, i'd prepared but i realized i hadn't really done preparation i was a bit of a wing it kind of dude yeah and she she taught me how to prepare um she taught me how to think about things how to elevate my conversation um because i could always be colloquial and what she taught me was there's always a room for being colloquial or a bit casual. Yeah. But what you can do is you can just get at a level first yeah. and then you can bring it down. You don't have to jump there straight away and make that little thing. Just read the room, you know, once again, read the room. Yeah. And, and, and play to the room. And yeah, just heaps of little things, but it also plan B itself was a lot more professional um, in terms of processes. And it helped me understand more my customers um, and how professional that they're looking at themselves yeah. and how you, you know, how they have to navigate their own business to make outcomes. Yeah. And so that was awesome. But it also, I got to learn a lot around disaster recovery and security. Yeah. And these, these two industries are very compliant heavy. Yeah. And that again is a different conversation. And then I started having government conversations. So it helped me, you know, just sort of go up another level in my understanding around what they're looking at and what yeah. they're talking to yeah. and why this stuff is important. Yeah. And so that was, that was that was bloody awesome. And then after Plan B came Vocus Communications and that was, that, that for me was, um, it was a step up in my career to go and try and bet with the big boys. Yeah. Um, and what a choice place. I had yeah. heaps of fun yeah. at that place. Um, heaps of fun. Uh, <laughs> the environment, um, the way that they operated, the people. Um, yeah, it was really fun. Like, yeah. 
put it this way. I competed against Orcom for a long time, but I heard about all these cool things that happen at Orcom. Yeah. So Vocus are the parent company for Orcon okay. in such a way. Yep. The first place I work is where Orcon is based. And you just watch them having fun. Yeah. You're like going, I always knew you. Man, I always knew you guys were having fun, but didn't know it was that much fun. <laughs> and I was just like, that's cool. And the other cool thing was about it is um, they were based here at Takapuna. Oh, yeah. And how can you not look out the window to Rangitoto, the sea, every day and just sort of go, this is pretty awesome. Yeah. This is pretty awesome. Yeah. And then they go, oh, we're moving into town. And it's like going, oh, we're going to the new building. But then the new building set up and all that new Jersey way, you know, we got standing desks to go up and down, yeah, um, yeah. free flow, um, greens, plants, um, bean bags. And it's like, geez, I'm in the middle of the city with all this cool stuff. This is cool too. And I've got a car park. <laughs> that was the bonus. And, um, yeah. and so focus, that was going to be my stepping stone. Um, I was like going, cool. Here I come. I'm finally at that place where I'm playing with the big corporates. I'm going to, you know, do things. My career's off. I'm going to make lots of money. Yeah. And then, um, and then I met this lovely lady. Um, and I was looking to sell her business. Yeah. But then she started talking about something that was real passionate to me. Yeah. Um, and that was youth and suicide, and specifically Māori youth. Yeah. And at the end of the conversation, she was like, yeah, what are you thinking? I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm having fun at Vocus. Yeah. But then I drove back to Vocus and I'm sitting there and I was just like, shit. Then my mind was like going, because in, in 2008, I said to my family, like, I'll be doing something with kids one day because I don't want kids to experience what I felt was not so good for me. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. How do I how do I put myself in a position to do that? And then um, there was, you know, my first year working at Maxi, and then in 2009, I wrote this email to my mates going, these are the things that I'm going to do to put myself in a position to, um, what? Make lots of money, yeah. but make sure that, you know, I'm able to help kids out. Yeah. And this, you know, this lady was pretty much putting my dream on a table in front of me. Yeah. But I was like, uh... You know, those whole, all these fears started popping up and I was like, but then you see, you know, the internet's little people are like, follow your passion, punch it, you know, do all these things. And I'm like, uh, looking up at this guy, trying to look for a sign, like, talking to my mom, talking yeah. to my wife, and like, just like, going, oh, and I just went, shit, I've got to do it. Yeah. i just got to do it. And, and, I, and I punched it. Yeah. And I got on there and... Uh, it was an amazing opportunity. I got to do amazing things with youth. I got to learn amazing things about um, the well-being space, about the mental health space, um, yeah. neuroscience, um, and I was just I was just blown away. But one of the one of the things that I can truly say about that is that I was a bit, and when I made the choice to do it, I was a bit blindsided by my my need to follow the passion and what it, what ended up happening is I sort of I sort of like you know I said I was going to be focused but within that I lost focus yeah okay and 
to the to the detriment of the business, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I ended up um, I ended up pulling pulling out of that role. And one one I did fail the business in a sense, but I also failed myself. Yeah. Um, and that there was a harp on the stomach. Yeah. Man. You know, to swallow. Yeah. And and what I realised was. Man, I, I sort of entered in the wrong way. I entered it in the wrong way, yeah. and um, I could have done a lot of things better. Yeah. And so I ended up pulling out, and I went, I know where I thrive, and I ended up coming back into um, the tech space. But yeah. I was real fortunate because this time, I got to do it in a way that I wanted to. Like you know, you do the usual. You look at seek, you yeah. reach out to recruiters. But I hit up my networks, and I looked at companies. There were doing things in the spaces where I believe that I, you know, I thrive yeah. and I could do good for them. Um, but they were also pushing the boundaries and innovating. Mm. Um, and three, they weren't large enough that as they innovate, you know, they couldn't change, you know, because I've been with other companies like, we would love to innovate, but yeah. we're, we're, we're pretty big. We're yeah. sort of locked in our ways. We're doing the things that we're doing. Um, if that becomes a priority on our priority list, which is this big, because we got 750 employees or we got 95 employees or whatever it is, we'll get to it. Um, so I, you know, as much as I loved working for those companies, I was like, nah, that's that's not what I'm after. Mm. And so I reached out to the owner, Quentin, um, Quentin Russell Sightless, and went, hey, Quentin, I've always respected you because. One, I've been his account manager, but yeah. I've also competed against him. Yeah. Lost deals that I didn't know how I lost. And it, it sort of pissed me off a bit. Yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah. And I, you know, yeah. I'm looking at this guy. Even though I'm his account manager, you know, I'm going, what are you guys doing there? Like, what's happening underneath that hood? Because you're doing some stuff that yeah. I believe that only Amazon and um, Amazon and Microsoft Azure could do. Yeah. And, and a few other you know, sort of niche companies. But these guys are doing them. Yeah. And um, and and just because Quentin and, and his brother Nathan, they've just always been real switched on when I've spoken to them. So they're, they're both the owners. and But they're, they're real strong in their strength. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, put it out there. Ended up having a conversation with them. Yeah. And then he goes, come and see our sales director. Sat there, met the sales director, and then they just went, "Yep, we'll take you on." And I was like, "Going, oh!" So I was real fortunate because, um, as part of my conversations when I speak to um, people that are going to be potential customers, I can actually go my heart, hand on heart and go, "Like, I believe in this company. Like, they weren't looking for a sales dude. Yeah. Um, you know, they they didn't even need a sales dude. Yeah, but." I've just seen them do things over the years. I know the two owners and I know the way that they're pushing the buck and I know they want to, you know, they they want to push their company in the direction that the service that they offer to their customers is so good that the customer just doesn't even have to worry about yeah. their stuff anymore. Yeah. They can get on and doing what they're doing. But here's, here's, here's the kicker. If they do want to do some of that stuff or they do want to worry about it, they can just go do stuff at a click of a button. Yeah. Um, you know, they've made it that user-friendly or as user-friendly as possible yeah. that if you do want to do some things yourself, cool. You can go and do those things at a click of a button. Yeah, cool. And, and automation and the world of tech, the ability to do things super easy yeah. 
uh, you know, it matters heaps of people. And I and I remember you telling me when I when I first met you, I'm like, why would you um why would you have these tasks that you do when that piece of software could do it for you, like booking, yeah, booking stuff, you know, um. And you know you've got people in your family that um, are running businesses, and you're looking at them going, "Why are you doing all that work when something else can do it?" Yeah, exactly. I'm in the same space, and you yeah. know I'm now promoting business and products that do that. Yeah. And and that's where I'm at today, man. And that's I'll tell awesome. you what, it's um the last the last few years have been bloody what 2008 is when I entered the workspace. You know, yeah. really when I say I entered it, and. Looking back, it's like on ah, a whole lot of mistakes, eh? a whole lot of mistakes, yeah. a whole lot of learnings that I wasn't ready to take on at the time. Yeah. But then as I've gone through my journey, it's like, oh, that's what he meant, that's what he meant. <laughs> and now I'm at a point where I'm able to leverage my experience to help, um, you know, to help either the business that I'm in or yeah. all my team members. Um, one of our team members is 25, the other one is 33, and our, and our team leader, he's, um, you know, first time that he's been a sales manager, and he knows a lot. I feel like I know a lot, and as we sit there and come together, it's like a, we can feed off each other. Yeah. Um, even with the 33 year old, I can feed off him and, and just give him, you know, when he asked me, like, T, what would you do here? Yeah, what would yeah. you do then? Because he's really sharp. And then we've got the 25 year old who's, he's sharp as well. Yeah. But um, there's just some situations or some kind of people that he's never spoken to before. And he goes, Oh, what would you do here? Or how would you write this email? Yeah. And I'm able to go, oh, I just think this. And it's like, Yeah, cool. Yeah. Or actually, what he's doing lately is he's going, Okay. I'll research, you pick up the phone and call them. And because I had a manager, you know, yeah. show me and just go, oh, I'll do it. Yeah. You know, I get to leverage that experience and go, that's the best thing I could do yeah, for them is just it. do it. Yep. And so I just pick up the phone, cool, close it. Yesterday, there's a meeting like, oh man, we need to get this meeting with this company. And I was just like, okay, what's the name? Yep. Who am I calling? Cool, pick the phone, didn't have a script. Yet, was thinking about it as the phone call was going, and I, just, as he answered the phone, yep, it just sort of flowed, came out, and then he's like, "Yeah, January the, I think January the eighth, yeah, boom, booked it, done, yeah." And so, I'm now getting to, I'm getting to thrive a little bit more in terms of I'm not only like doing all right in my role and you know I'm gonna make money now I'm even at that point where I can help other people out yeah. and that's that's the, that's the yeah. stuff that lights my fire I, I just got this thing so, of helping other people out yeah, um, yeah. Awesome. so nah. nah that's awesome man and I, I actually want to press on this pursuit of excellence point because actually throughout that whole story I could see every time you learn something or you're maybe you had a failure or someone showed you a better way, then you learned it, refined it, became perfect at it, then yeah. realized, okay, there's more to it, failed at it, learned it, and you just had this process that you took. But I think for a lot of people, it's quite tough to uh, hold themselves accountable to that cycle. It's pretty hard. And one of the things I always preach is to be better than yesterday. And that's one of my, a similar, yeah. similar motto. Um, how do you hold yourself accountable to to keep up that pursuit of excellence because it is quite draining and tough or do you find it energizing what, what is it for you um 
it wasn't great. It's for me, it's energizing. Yeah. For me, it's um, <laughs> screw it. I use the wisdom in my head. For me, it's domination. For me, it's crushing. For me, it's just like boom. For me, it's like get off me. For me, it's like it's just like yeah, no yeah. way. You don't own me. Yeah, I love it. And the reason that my the reason that I sort of come at that way around it, like in a very aggressive manner, is when I was young, yeah. um, with my brothers and my uncles, we're just given these little competitions. Yeah. So we're going, oh, go, see you can run on those oysters and do a lap the fastest. And so I'm learning how to be the fastest and I'm beating my cousin in that. But then we get our Tahitian cousin, cousins that come over. <laughs> and so I'm the fastest, I'm the baddest out of all the cousins in New Zealand. Yeah. My Tahitian cousin, okay, oysters, boom. They actually sprinted on the oysters. And my mind just went, oh my god, I'm a pussy. Yeah. I'm shit. I'm yeah. useless. I'm, you know, uh, the only way to get any lower on this earth with me to dig a hole, that's how low, low I am, you know, I'm, I'm just scum. So that's my initial thought. It always goes, okay, fuck, I'm shit. Yeah. But then competitive me pops in. Yeah. So what I did is I started training how to run on oysters. Yeah. So the next time they came around, they were faster than me. Yeah. They could just run on them and sprint on them. The next Christmas holidays, my feet were so hard, smoked them. Oh. But it's that little yeah. competitive edge. But that, yeah. that edge had been put on me, one by my brothers, because my brothers would go, like say we're throwing a ball, now hold it like this, it'll go faster, do it like this. It was yeah. always tweak something. My older yeah. brother and my, my older brother and my oldest brother. Boom. But also my sister was like, why would you do it that way? This way's quicker. So they're always talking about how to do this quicker, even opening oysters. Okay. Now if you do it like this, you can go boom, 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 and you're onto the next one. Yeah. So uh, it was always this element, like when you're driving a car, um, if you hit this corner and you just tuck this a little bit further, you can get around that corner quicker, but then you line up for that corner quicker. Yeah. Um, all to the point where the corner's so sharp, even though there's um, no road there, because you're going around the corner so sharp, this wheel isn't actually touching the road that much. Yeah. So you can actually sort of go off the road a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just like <laughs> yeah. thinking thinking at that level on how to dominate things. Yes. Or like with games, it's like going, okay, I've got the basics of this game, but there's a strategy, so it goes, the basics is um, soccer, kick and pass. Yeah. Then comes strategy, um, oh, go down the wings, go around the outside, pass it in, they get it in. Then comes, oh, but this is how they play. Yeah. So because they play that way, you respond this way. Mm. And then you've learned how they play, so it's now to go, oh, because I know how they play, now I can read them in advance. So your way of looking things, just sort of becomes bigger and bigger as yeah. you just expose to more. Yeah. And so, you know, I've just got this yeah. going on in my head. And, and my wife will be the first one to go, goes, yeah, but there are some things that you do that are just whack. And it is whack because my <laughs> mind thinks, oh yeah, I get cooked this way. And she goes, you did all those four things, but I did this thing. Yeah. And so what that highlighted to me was, I am not so strategic around, or I cannot be so strategic around the way that I try and get better at things. I just go, I'll try this. Yeah. Experience, no, that was bad. Experience, no, that was bad. Experience, that was good. Where she goes, no, I think that experience is going to be bad. I think yeah, that experience is going to be yeah. bad. This one's going to be good. Now I've sort of learned that. Yeah. So we've been together 12 years. In that time, I've been able to go, 
Yeah, maybe not that one. Maybe not that one. I'll call that one a mile away. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try those two. Yeah. Okay. So she yeah. added a bit of strategy into the yeah. way that I go about trying to get better at a thing. Yeah. And um, then by the time that I got to work, just having it reinforced yeah. by someone and seeing the benefits of how it's helping me, yeah. I'm going, I'm going to keep this up even more. Yeah, cool. And cool. by that time, now I had a word for it, yeah. Kaizen. Yeah. And... It's like, cool, everything's yeah. just kaizen at the end of the day. Yeah, I love that. And then the other thing that sort of got me past that was physical training. Yeah. Physical training, just years and years of physical training, and in particular, powerlifting, because to lift a lot of weight once, yeah. you do that wrong, you're going to hurt. Yeah. Um, and so you've got to you know, start somewhere and everyone always makes progress early. Yep. And then there comes that part where people sort of stop yep. and don't go nowhere. I just kept going and I was like, going, nah, there's, there's got to be something here. Yep. And then as I started making progress, I started figuring out, once again, you know, becoming exposed to more things around that thing. I go, oh, so if I do this and do this, yep, now I've grown to here. Okay, so that was just eating. Oh, now there's technique in the way that I breathe and by sort of expanding my lungs it makes sure that my back is locked in. So you start learning what these little techniques yeah. mean and so cool. Now I've gone up another way. Oh, now it's the way that I rest and all that, yeah, you know, so you yeah, just start looking yeah. at all these different components yeah. and it just becomes endless. Yeah. And so once again, training is just reinforcing yeah. it. It's just been and I thought about the other thing. You know, I look at all these um, people trying to help you. Um, yeah. Oh, I can help you do this, I can help you do that. I just realized I've been helping myself for nine years yeah. and I've, I've been doing this consistently. Shit, what does that mean? And as I thought about it more, it's like going, it was just fulfilling my need mm. to get better at a thing, yeah. to, to compete at a thing. Yeah. And to go, yeah, man, oh, yeah, okay. I can do that. Yeah, yeah so it's. It's popped up in many ways in my life, but it is a little thing that drives me. Yeah. That one of the next things that I am focusing on is, and I don't know if I need to, but I do come at it from a very aggressive space within myself. <laughs> yeah. And I'm wondering, can I find a loving space? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, because in the car ride just before um, with one of my colleagues, I just went, as soon as someone goes, and it actually has to be a special person, go, now you probably can't do that. My mind, it just goes, you just challenged me. <laughs> you just challenged me. And it could be other, like something yeah. real ridiculous. Like yeah. sometimes it can be something quite small, but it's just gone, challenge. Yeah. Okay. Then I go back through my process yeah, going, yeah. what are the fundamentals? Cool, these are the fundamentals. What does the strategy look like? Cool. See anyone else playing this competition with me? Okay, how they're doing it, how I read them. Okay, yeah, got that. And so, you know, yeah. I just sort of build up from there. That's so good, man. <laughs> no, I love that. Like, for me, it's it's like looking in the mirror, because right? I like all that same brothers competing throughout your life and then, and then like growing into your career. And I, and I think maybe one piece that I could keep hearing there, which is for me, is that having the ability to actually self-reflect even when you win or you lose. Yeah. You know, so many people I've worked with in the past and I've tried to teach them this mantra of being better than yesterday. 
they they have a big win, but they don't reflect on it. Yeah. And then, so they just think, oh yeah, I did the job. Yeah. Let's just keep going. But like what you just said there about, you know, you lift a weight. Oh, but okay, that was diet. So what if I do this and I do that? Yeah. You know? And that's like, so. It's so cool to hear because I think a lot of people can learn from that. That even when you win, you should look and critique. Yep. Uh, uh, an interesting question: Your partner, your wife. Um, what's her family like? Is it a big family? Yeah. Same, same. Lots of yeah. families and stuff. Massive. So, so different upbringing. They didn't have that same competitive nature in her family. Um, and in different ways. Different like they're, ways, they're, they're yeah. competitive in the things that they're competitive ah, in. Ah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, it's just a matter of transferring yeah. that. But um. Once again, just like that, she has a very competitive like. Oh, you? Yeah. Well, watch this thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. She's yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, she's got yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like my partner too. <laughs> but like I said, yeah. she's a lot more strategic yeah. about it, you yeah. know. Whereas I'm like, I'm just like. So where I'm at now is, I'm I I think about it a lot more, and I go, cool these ones. But where she'll go, I don't know which one to choose. I just go. So I've narrowed it from ten down to three. She'll go. Oh, I just don't know which one to choose. I'm like, I got it from 10 to 3. Any, meaning mighty my boom, I'm in. <laughs> and you know, yeah. I'll find something from this one. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't the one to do. Oh shit, number two. Number two. <laughs> you know, like, I ain't gonna sit there and think about number two and three. I've yeah. already squared it down, you know, I've yeah. already cut it down. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna hit it. Yeah. And then I'll find out. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Okay, cool, man. So, um, so okay, so. We're at Sighthouse. What now? What's what's what does the future look for you? What are you trying to achieve? Um, you know, obviously, you've been with Sighthouse for a couple of years now. Is that no, right? no, no, no. I've only been with Sighthouse oh, for three months. Oh, now. three months. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. So, oh, yeah, that's right. When we first met, you told tell me that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously, you're looking to build in there. What what sort of direction do you want your career to go? Do you want to stay in that sales path? What? How did you like? Let's talk long term. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll just close this off. In terms of long term, so my plan is to re-enter um, youth and suicide space for 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. So, but I want to put myself in a position where I uh, can financially give yeah. to that space. Cool. Um, I, I can probably do it in five years, yeah. but I've seen 10 years. Yeah. And so 10 years takes me up to 2029. Now, by 2034, I should be be in a financial position where I'm able to actually impact New Zealand at a a level so massive that um, it's actually going to change the course or the way that we do things in New Zealand. Um, like it's it's like it's not going to be one of those things like oh they're, they're doing this um, thing it's like they're doing this thing over here um, and they're getting these results yeah. it's like yep we are doing these things but we're going to set up in such a way that it's going to keep on doing things mm. for a hundred that hundred years yeah, cool. so self-sustainable that it's going to keep on going for a hundred years because here's one of the things that I think about and this is just sort of what I think based on you know the information that I've gathered from the world around me. Yeah. All these people out there doing amazing things, you know, wanting to change the education system. Yeah. But the education system is pretty much built to survive, yeah. if anything, and to take it out. Uh, 
real hard. Like you could get Montessori and all these kind of Montessori places, but you know, they're for the elites. They're for people that can afford it and all that kind of stuff. Um, other people have thought about trying to wipe out this education, uh, education system. But here's the one thing is, they can't sustain it for long enough. They just, they just can't. It takes billions of dollars to yeah. sustain something. Yeah. And you actually literally, and this is just me, I actually believe that you have to sustain something for two generations before it'll become the way. Yeah. And so, I just think that it takes a whole lot of money, like, and so I think if I, you know, make a whole lot of money, then set it up for this thing to just go, it'll make the impact cool, that I think, you know, I, I, want, it, I want it to make. And, um, and that's just to get a little bit more love out into the world. I love it. Just a little bit, man. Yeah. It only takes a little bit, like, if we're on, say, 40% now, 48%, if we just get to 51%, just that little change, in it, you know, one percent in that direction. I think we could. I think yeah. we could, and we'll move in the right direction. Yeah, cool. Um, you know, definitely. You know, more is good, but that's it at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and how I plan to get there, I do. I do have a plan. Um, side host will be will be a big part of that plan. Yeah. Um, another part of it is just realizing what my what I believe my power is mm. in this moment, mm. and taking advantage of my my one thing that I think I do really well and that's um, I just have this ability to pick up energy in a room I have ability to put a smile on someone's face sometimes just by walking in the room they just know that I'm coming and it's like it makes me feel happy because yeah. I bring some warm fuzzies with me yeah. um, I just I just think that's that's my thing. Like, put it this way: if you put me in a company and you go, "Cool, I want you to be a salesperson," um, and this is just what I think, and I'll back myself on. Yep. Even if I, you know, got twenty percent of my target, I will bring more value to the company than any other salesperson, just by my ability to magnify the productivity, the happiness of the people around me. Mm and to sit there and be just a sounding board to, because um, I've had people talk to me and go, oh, this is shit and this is shit. I'm like, well, yeah, it is shit when you look at it from that way. Yeah. But because I know you and because I know the way that you think and because I've taken the time to find those things out, yeah. I actually think that, you know, why don't you think about this? And the solution that I'm giving them is specific to them. Yeah. Won't work for any, might not even work for them, yeah. but won't work for anyone else. Yeah. It'll work for that person. Because um, you're from America and you're 35 and yeah. um, you've got this many kids and yeah. you've told me these problems and you told me that you thrive in this way and you told me all these things. I only got that information because I just love connecting with people. Yeah. and. People love to be connected with it. Doesn't have to be by me. No. Just by anyone. They, everyone loves a genuine connection. Yeah. And I'm not there to do you over. I'm just there to understand what turns you on because I like what turns me on. Yeah. And if I can somehow fulfill what turns you on, just at any one moment of time. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow of the year or you know, ten years. But I'll come across something. I'll be like, Joseph, bro, haven't spoken <laughs> in ten years, bro. 
Got it. <laughs> you know? And okay. I'd known yeah. that they'll turn Joseph for. Yeah. That's enough for me. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, man, that's been an hour, I reckon. That's damn. gone pretty damn quick. <laughs> but, mate, thank you so much. I know it's taken us a while to get this going, but it's been awesome. I'm glad that we did. Uh, when I first met you, I mean, we said this a couple of times during our lunch, that yeah. how much resonated, <laughs> how similar our past has been in our journeys, but also how different they've been as well. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, what I've learned from you today is a lot of affirmation of like, stay on, stay your course, stay your path, keep improving, keep being better than yesterday. The Kaizen, you know, yeah. and, and I love that um, solutions over problems. That's, if you ask any of my stuff that ever worked for me, it's all I like drilled into the <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Some of them will watch this and be like, ah, oh, bloody stand, and the solutions. And, um, and, and like, it's always, it's always hard for me to, um, give props to my mates, my bros, because we're so good at yeah. you know, giving each other shit and sledging each other. Yeah. But um, best manager I've ever had because of that little thing and the way that he drove it. Yeah. Um, and awesome. so if my bro ever watches this, and yeah. I'm pretty sure he won't, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he won't just because it's me. But um, no, thank you, bro. Yeah, yeah. awesome, man. Thank you to awesome. the bro. Awesome. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much for coming on. No, cheers, guys. Cheers, man. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, guys. <laughs>